This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Hello everyone, I'm Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs and host of Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Today's show is my big fat good news show, so stay right there. the host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Hi everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs, and this is Vegas Rock Dog Radio. We're a rock and roll show all about pets, people, and pop culture, and today's show is extra special because it's my big fat good news show. I think with so many horrible stories out there in the world, in in any kind of topic, sometimes we just need a good old dose of good news. So what do you think about that, Jim? I think that's a great idea. I do too. I think people are really going to need this. And uh, before we get started, I've got Miss Thornton in studio and I've got Mr. Twix. And Jim is um, producing the show. Can I get a little bit more headphones, Jim? Thank you. Um, we're back again for another live show. And... Like I said, it's, uh, I think it's a good time to have some really, really good news. I, I don't know, since when did news stations just become all doom and gloom? It used to be a balance, didn't it, Jim, of, of, of serious stuff and, and, and inspiring stories and happy stories. And now it's like, oh. Just hatred and spew and finger pointing. <laughs> very few, very few people now in my circle are even listening to the news anymore. They go, oh, I can't, I can't take it. Well, I don't blame them, to be honest. <laughs> but I do hope all my friends are listening in today to the big, fat, good news show. And before we do get started, let me tell you where you can connect with us on the internet. Of course, we have our main website, vegasrockdogradio.com, and then you'll find us on Periscope, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. Our blog is the rockandrolldog.com. And if you happen to, to miss the live show, then of course you can do a big, big fat catch up <laughs> on iTunes, iHeartRadio, spoke by SiriusXM and Spotify. But if you happen to be using a different kind of uh, podcast app, you will be able to find us. We, we are on every platform, I think, available. Oh, and we're also on Google Play. So let's not forget that. Um, so there you go. Pretty easy for you to find us no matter... Uh, what kind of app you have on your phone. So, Jim, tons of stories. I'm going to start with this one. Oh, this was 
this was super cute, super, super cute. And I think this might have been out of my hometown in Sheffield. And here's, it was the best, it's the best. Honestly, it, it made me smile. So there's a dog and this dog's name is Bracken and Bracken is a Springer Spaniel. And Bracken gets his own spending money. We call it spending money in England. You call it pocket money here, don't you, Jim? Yeah, pocket change. Po- oh, pocket change? No, you didn't get pocket change as kids. You got pocket money. You got an allowance. Oh, you got an allowance. In England, we say you got some spending money. Well, this dog has its own spending money every single week, Jim. <laughs> What's he go to? Where's he go to buy it? <laughs> I'm going to tell you. <laughs> so, how this all started was Bracken grabbed a five pound note, and his dad said, Listen, if you drop it, I'll give you a fiver, which is what we use for five pounds. I say a fiver. Give us a fiver, yeah? I'll give you a fiver. So the dog dropped the money and he said, okay, here's your, here, this money's your money now. And so <laughs> every Friday from that moment onwards, Bracken gets five pounds. He's even got his own wallet. <laughs> so cute. So he gives it him and he takes it with his mouth and then he puts it in his wallet. Then they go shopping and they go to the pet store and he buys treats and stuff. <laughs> it made me laugh because he takes the wallet he had about 50 pounds in there or 50 quid. You don't even let me have that much. <laughs> no, you don't let me have that much. 50 quid, that's a little slang term for, for pounds, yeah? So you had about 50 quid in this wallet. And what made me laugh is they went to pay for their stuff and his dad opens up the wallet and because it's 15 pounds. He tells Bracken it's 15 pounds and he shows him he's taking 15 pounds out of the wallet and pays for his, uh, his treats and toys. I thought it was the sweetest fun story and again made me smile so this is what this whole show is going to be about are those really fun sweet stories now moving on spring watch (laughs) jim and i love anything to to do with nature don't we jim we love nature nature wildlife and space we just love it we particularly like i particularly like on a Sunday morning, a good old nature program while we have a coffee or, or a tea, something like that. So Spring Watch is one of my favorite shows. It's a, I want to say it's a BBC show. It is, it's a BBC show, but I watch it on the BritBox app. So for anyone that's not in England and you need to catch up on your television, your British television, I love BritBox app. I think it's fantastic. So this is what I found on their website this week. And, oh, gosh, I really wish I could have participated in this. But they, this is what they posted on their website. As our towns and cities sprawl out into the countryside, our gardens are becoming more and more vital as wildlife reserves as, as wildlife reserves of the future. We want to map the resources available for wildlife in gardens up and down the country and find out which wild visitors they attract. We also want to find out what our gardens are, gardens are lacking and how we can improve them for nature. And this is where you at home play the most important role. So if you're in the United Kingdom, this one is for you. So this year, they're teaming up with the British Trust of Ornithology and the Open University for their biggest citizen science project ever. And it's called Garden Watch. I would be the first to sign up for this, wouldn't I, Jim? The You'd first. You'd be there every day. I, <laughs> I would. I bet, can I help you as well? <laughs> anyway, so there's there are four projects and it, on this Garden Watch mission that you can get involved in if you're living in the UK. And here are the four projects now. The first one is called Beyond the Back Door. What are your garden's defining features? And so what you do is you go to their website. Of course, we're linking everything in the show notes. You go to the website. You choose the project you want to get involved in or all, all of them if you want to. And you're going to start, uh, basically, it's a, an online 
uh, I don't want to say quiz, what do you call it? Survey kind of thing, yeah? And um, what, they, what they're wanting with this particular one, Beyond the Back Door, we need your help to map the resources available to wildlife in gardens and in other outdoor spaces up and down the country. So you take part to help them discover the collective importance, importance of garden habitats for the animals that live alongside us. So basically they're going to ask you, um, have you got foxes? Have you got badgers? Have you got hedgehogs? That kind of thing. I mean, we already know that hedgehogs are in a massive decline. I think there's only a million of them left now in Britain. So the next one was is uh, the worm detective and <laughs> what's living below ground. And they said earthworms and other ground-dwelling invertebrates are an essential part of the diet of many birds and mammals, and they need your help to count soil invertebrates so we can work out how abundant this vital food source is in different garden habitats. The next one is bird detective, which I would think a a lot of people were quite interested in and what are the garden birds getting up to so gardens are vital for birds in spring because they provide the resources they need to breed including food shelter water nesting sites we need your help to record what birds are doing so we can find out how they benefit from garden habitats at a critical time of the year and then the last one is the mammal detective who are our furry neighbors mammals are often elusive nighttime visitors to the garden we need your help to find out how much of these often under-recorded animals use gardens and to understand which resources are most important for their survival. Now, I'm on a group, and it's, um, it's, it's a, a group from my hometown of Sheffield, and it's, it's, an, incredible, it's an incredible group. I mean, first of all, they, they post pictures of, of past, present, and um, past and present, and then lots and lots of pictures of nature and their gardens especially, but they also post up a lot of footage from their security cameras from night from the night time. From the night time. <laughs> that sounds so funny. From the night time. So I would think they'll be able to gather more information because more and more people are using security cameras uh, to be able to record what's going on. And lots of these people love foxes. Despite what you hear sometimes in the news, people really love foxes. And they, they, they love badgers and they love hedgehogs. So there you go. So that's a real, I thought this was such a good news thing for, for our wildlife in the United Kingdom, how you can get involved. And I know tons of people will because they, we seem to have such a, um, such a love of nature back home. I mean, it's all about going for a walk and, and getting in the fields. And there's, there's uh, one guy, and I want to say he's on the Sheffield page. I want to, I want to say it's called Sheffield pictures past and present or something he's got <laughs> a little mouse that comes to his house his back garden but he's gone and built a little mini village for the mouse it's absolutely fantastic he might have lots of mouses later he might do and they'll all love that they'll live in the village and absolutely honestly it's adorable absolutely adorable and this mouse is becoming famous <laughs> but it's very very sweet another person who's worth following is uh, jim he's the photographer at chatsworth and he's the he's the nature photographer he has full access and he's got some incredible photos of wildlife and again he names all of all of the animals that he sees because he sees them every every single day and they're absolutely wonderful. I will I will link his stuff up, stuff up as well. So I do think it's a great project. Oh, who's 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 stamping on my toes? Is that Mr. Twix? <laughs> He's just come under my feet. <laughs> Cute little thing. So there you go. I think that's good news for nature. Good news for the wildlife. 
And I really wish I could participate in that because that's something I would really enjoy. Well, let's move on. Let's move on. This is a great title. Guy dressed as Batman has rescued dozens of shelter pets from euthanization. Now, he he's, he's honestly head to toe, the whole gear, the whole thing. And this is the article. It says, not all heroes wear capes, but this guy has already saved dozens of dogs and cats from euthanization. And he has done it all dressed, all the time dressed as Batman. <laughs> so he goes into the shelter as Batman. That's pretty cool. He comes home with the animals as Batman. <laughs> he's 27 year old. His name is Chris Van Dorn. And he's been a huge fan of what they call the Cape Crusader. That's Batman. So when he began volunteering for various animal rescues around uh, Orlando, Florida, because this is where he's located, he decided to combine two passions. And that was his Batman suit and his love of animals and the importance of adoption and how he could use that to bring attention to these animals in these shelters. This is the kind of stuff I love. I just, you know, you don't want to be in, in a sea of sameness because there's, you need to stand out, particularly when you're, you've, you're involved in causes. You've got to be doing things that are different. You don't want to be going, oh, this is how everybody does it. No, you need to stick out like a sore thumb and this is exactly what he's doing. And it's working. So he said it kind of just came as a way to embody all the good I wanted to do in the world and uh, make it easy for people to talk to me right off the bat, bat. <laughs> <laughs> Which you would. I mean, you would hardly walk past him and pretend it was just normal. You'd say, hey, Batman. I think it's a brilliant icebreaker to be able to talk to people. Now, not only has he used the suit as a conversation starter for why people should adopt shelter pets, but he has also done the suit to transport dozens of animals from the shelter to their loving forever homes. Can you imagine? He transports, he shows up at your house with your, your newly adopted pet and it's Batman. <laughs> So initially, he used the costume as a means of keeping um, all of his rescue missions anonymous, but his good deeds finally brought his real identity into the light after he was featured as an honorary GoFundMe hero back in May. So obviously someone was paying attention. And uh, since this time, and that was May time, since then he's actually launched a non-profit and it's Batman for Paws. Actually, no, he launched it in 2018, Batman for Paws, that's a number four, and he's embarked on dozens of hours-long cross-country road trips to rescue dogs from, from basically death row and bring them to loving families that are willing to adopt them. And they said, thankfully, this GoFundMe article helped him finance um, his rescue missions and uh, collectively raised $32,000 over the last 10 months, which is so helpful when you're starting this kind of venture and how generous of people to do that. And he said, when I first started out, I was keeping everything really anonymous. I would sign everything Bruce Wayne and <laughs> not put my real name out there. And my catchphrase is, it's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. And he says it still holds true to today. Uh, true today. Uh, he hopes that he'll be able to find a compassionate citizen to donate a bigger van so he can replace his current Batmobile, which is actually a humble Honda Accord, <laughs> and transport more animals in his rescue missions. He also aims, he said, and I love this too, because we've got a couple of organizations that already do this. He wants to get his pilot's license as a, a means of air travel and it, it being, of course, far more efficient and um, quicker, you know, especially when you've got animals in distress, you can get them moved straight away. And additionally, he says he recently got his trusty sidekick, Mr. Boots, licensed as a therapy dog. And the two have been making plenty of guest appearances about my Robin. 
at various hospitals around Florida. Oh, it's so great. So, of course, they are a dynamic duo. Uh, they don their costumes for adoption events and these animal shelter fundraisers. And he says the costume helps draw in more visitors and he takes every opportunity to hand out brochures and, and stickers, uh, you know, all to get this message out about adoption and why it's important. He does have a website, as I say, it's Batman for Paws, number four, Batman for Paws. And I think that is a great story and certainly not uh, in a sea of sameness, that's for sure. <laughs> Don't you love that, Jim? If you, had, if, you had, if you had to choose a superhero to do your rescue stuff, what would you wear? Who would you be? Hmm. Very difficult to choose. I like Hong Kong Fooey. <laughs> Oh, was one oh of my yeah, and he was a dog, and he was a dog. I think it would be Hong Kong Fooey or Muttley. Oh, yeah, oh, I love that. I'll be Penelope Pitstop. Pe- 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 yeah. Penelope Pitstop. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What did she used to say? Stop. Oh. Help. Oh, what did she used to say? Help. Oh, stop Help the wolf. Help me. Who used to say stop the wolf? I can't stop remember the wolf. It was her, wasn't it? I don't I don't think so, because oh. the wolf never chased her. I don't know, but they had those gangsters, didn't they? They had the... the uh, what they call it five o'clock shadow mm-hmm. who else were the characters on, on penelope yeah. pit stop dick dastardly and motley that's right <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah and uh <laughs> what was the guy's name Dad, not it's a long Dash time Rock. i can't remember the guy that drove the uh oh who's up there uh someone's jumping up i'm actually i'm actually enjoying standing up doing the show to be honest so someone's taking advantage of my empty seat <laughs> just make make sure he doesn't knock anything off because he doesn't care he doesn't care about anything. He wants to be up on, on the chair and jumping on the table, which he's kind of looking like he wants to do. Which uh, <laughs> Let's see what happens. Who even knows? He's so crazy. Uh, first time I think I've done a show scratching his bum. And we oh. must, we must. Uh, this would make, oh gosh, this would put a smile on your face. Oh, <laughs> he's so funny. Oh, he's hilarious. So he, so he had his toy and he was he spluted on the floor. And I scratched his little bottom and I said, pump it up. And he stuck his bum bum up in the air. So he was doing like a mega downward facing dog, yeah? Or a play play bow, as we like to say. But now I only have to touch his bum and he sticks it up in the air. It's hilarious. Oh, I, oh, this is why, this is why, this is why he wants to be up. He wants to stick his head out, out the studio window and bark at something that's not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this would make you smile. He's such a sweet boy. But don't you love that story, Jim? That's an excellent story. It's really great. Yeah. Isn't it great how you would never think in a million years that, that Batman and Animal Rescue would, would work hand in hand. But it does. It really does. Now, here's a good one. Actually, do we need to take a quick break before we do anything? Yeah, we could take a break. Now. Yeah, let's do that because I've got tons more good news to tell you and good stories that'll make you smile so we'll be right back you're listening to vegas rock dog radio with me sam your host the queen of rock and roll dogs vegas rock dog radio pets people pop culture does your dog itch scratch stink or shed like crazy Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Dogosuds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Dogosud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Dogosuds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. 
PetLifeRadio.com. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. And today is the big, fat, good news show. So that we can put a smile on your face, maybe uh, inspire you a little bit, and just know that there are there are some really great things happening in the world when it comes to animals. This is a fun one, Jim, and this is about a dog that shoplifted a book, and the name of the book, well, the, the topic of the book was about abandonment. <laughs> like, ha- so this is a stray dog. The dog now. I don't know, and. Uh, it was uh, certainly given a love that it was asking for. So instead of being disciplined for his misdeeds, which, seriously, that's as adorable as you could get, uh, this unlikely shoplifter is being given more love and attention than ever before. So last year, this stray dog caught on camera, so this is why we know it's, it happened, because I've seen the video, uh, caught on camera sneaking into the Fevale University bookshop in Novo Hamburgo, Brazil. And after managing to get past the front desk, the pup uh, can be seen grabbing a book in its mouth and trotting out of the store. (laughs) But it wasn't just any old book. It was entitled The Days of Abandonment. And they said a pretty, you know, relatable topic for a stray animal to be picking up. So before the dog had a chance to read the pages, (laughs) you know, pawing the pages over and over, um, one of the campus students retrieved the book and gave it to the uh, stunned cashier. And uh, that person was working that front desk, (laughs) not very good at their job, (laughs) if they can get books stolen right from under their noses. But the book staff, they said, were so tickled by the sneaky dog. And I'm going to say someone British wrote this article because of the words they're using, and I love that, tickled. Um, They posted a video of of what they called the heist, (laughs) and they posted it on Facebook. And, of course, it went viral, and as fate would have it, A group of local animal rescuers saw the video, stopped by the bookshop, and checked the dog into their care. And the dog was given a bath, its vaccinations, and a foster home following its rescue. I love this story. Maybe this dog said, listen, I need to get myself on a viral video. What can I do? You know what? I'm going to go and steal a book. (laughs) And it worked out great. Isn't that a cute story? It's excellent. I love that. That sounds well. You'd have to take Mister Twix into a shoe store and he oh, would steal. Oh yes, and he, oh yes, he would see if he could get. Well, I've seen him run with two shoes in his mouth. How he's done that, I don't even know. But he loves a shoe. He just loves a shoe. He he. Um, you know, you you come home and the first thing he does, he picks up a shoe and then he runs runs to greet you. Yeah, and then if he goes outside for a wee, he takes a shoe or he takes one of his toys for a week because I think he reckons that they need a wee wee as well. <laughs> He's gathering some friends though, isn't he, Jim? He's got Panda, the kitty cat, baby, the baby, which is a dog, and we've got uh, a squirrel, which mm. is a rubber squirrel. <laughs> we have a monkey, yep. <laughs> but I would say he loves shoes more than anything. Shoes and socks. Shoes and socks. Yeah, absolutely loves them. And Jim goes out every couple of days and just gathers up the shoes and brings them all back in. And if I'm missing a shoe, I know it's outside. <laughs> And you know what? It was only in the very beginning that he damaged um, some shoes. You know, those Carlos Santana ones? They were nice shoes. But, you well, know. He bit the nubs off a few flip-flops. He does. You know what? He's so smart. He knows that one little nub is the only thing that makes it flip-flop. flip-flop. And if it's not there, it's no longer a flip-flop. It's just a flop. <laughs> so he he loves that bit. He's a pretty smart boy. I'll tell you what I just came across the other day. It was this video. We were sat watching TV. 
And I, I'm watching him and he goes up to a cupboard that I rarely open and he opened it himself and he climbed inside. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, oh no, there's a whole other level of security we have to go through to make sure he doesn't get into anything, but he's a smart boy. All right, let's move on. So this is a great news story. A man is responsible for restoring mobility to over 20,000 animals and he wants others to help do the same thing. Now, despite um, previously making a career out of helping humans, this guy is now responsible for helping over 20,000 animals have truly a a lifeline and a new lease on life. Now, Derek Campania is an orthotist who specializes in making prosthetic limbs and customized braces for disabled animals. And he'd made something of a name of himself as a trailblazer in animal orthotics. And in addition to being the first person to build an orthotic brace for an elephant, wow, that's a big undertaking. He also um, is one of only a few people who specialize in making braces and prosthetics prosthetics for animals like kangaroos, goats, camels, sheep, llamas, and deer as well. So he's beyond, you know, cats and dogs. He's taking care of as many as he possibly can. Now, he has an office, and it's in Sterling, Virginia. Have you ever been there, Jim? I think I know where that is. Yeah. I think I've been in that area. And he, um, he's, he's crafted thousands and thousands of these prosthetics and braces for animals. And it's for all animals all throughout the world. So it's not just locally. And he's got two companies. And I kind of love the name of this one. Bionic Pets. <laughs> Since we're talking about Batman, Bionic Man. Uh, Bionic Pets and Animal Ortho Care. So he's got two companies. Now, what he's trying to do is is share his expertise with other animal care specialists so that more and more of these animals can be given what they call this gift of renewed mobility. And if you see some of these these you know videos on Facebook, for example, when a dog first gets its wheels, or you know to have, to be able to move is fantastic. So uh, you can imagine he's changing lives beyond. But he's hoping that he can expand the interest in his field and they'll be able to help more and more animals. And, you know, the more that more people can get to produce these things, it can bring the cost down because you know, it can be costly to do that kind of thing because they have to be custom, otherwise they don't work properly. Um, and he said, I just want to share the story of what I do and all these animals that have overcome adversity. It's all about awareness and people just aren't aware that these type of therapies exist. And if they did and they knew they were cost effective and could really extend the life of the pet, then that, he said, that's my goal. It's, it's to help all of these animals. So if there's something that you're interested in, you know, the, the field of animals, there's so many jobs. There's so many different ways that you can get involved. And this one is, I, I bet it's so rewarding. I can't even imagine when you, you know, you give an elephant a prosthetic and there you go. It can, it can walk down and that's quality of life. You know, that's, that's improved animal welfare. But yeah, there's two companies, Bionic Pets and Animal Ortho Care. Now this story came in. Uh, this week, when I was asking people, I said, hey, I'm doing the Big Fat Gnu show. Is there, is there any animal-related news that you know of that I need to know of? Well, someone I actually know got involved in this particular story. And it's the, um, let me get here, it's the Humane Society of Clark County in Arkadelphia, which is in Arkansas, and they were hit by a massive flood in the middle of the night, which is 
sometimes you're just in bed, you're like, oh, it's a bad storm, but it was a massive flood, and that was mid-June. So uh, it's that uh, tropical storm, Barry, they call it. It brought in six inches of rain, and it just devastated this town. Anyway, staff and the volunteers arrived early in the morning to find that one little puppy had drowned. Um, And as a result of this, you know, horrible torrential downpour, of course, you can imagine the other animals, 150 plus, there were cats and dogs in the property. They were just wandering around cold and wet and confused. And this tiny community, they just pulled together and basically, you know, you've got your own situation, but they realized the shelter, oh my gosh, we've got to get these animals out. So they did an emergency foster uh, situation and fostered all the community pulled out 72 of the displaced dogs that's a lot of dogs to to pull when you've got your own issue as well going on and probably your own pets so staff and volunteers they rushed to clean up an area for cats and kittens so that they could remain on the property but the the community just pulled together we've got to get these animals out of the shelter and you never think about that do you you know with natural disasters yeah, it's like I was asking. Well, you know, remember last week I was all fired up about, about his not having a an emergency plan for people and pets <laughs> where we are, and I'd called um, animal control in the shelter because they were saying they they were part of the plan, and they said, well, yeah, you can bring your pets here, you can't stay, but they have they don't have much more than twenty kennels, which I would think would have animals in them that are already you know getting ready to be uh, adopted out. And they need space for animals coming in. But what if they were in a situation where their building was crumbling? <laughs> What's their plan to get to get those animals out? And it would be down to the community. Just like they, they did, they would say, let's step in. We've got to help these animals. And this is what they did. And I thought it was absolutely brilliant. But, you know, of course, because of this disaster, all their donated food and supplies were just completely destroyed. And it's funny because I think, not funny, but when you when you I guess when you go through a disaster you've not been through in a shelter, that'll be one of those things where they say, okay, so how do we protect our food and supplies should it happen again? You know, you don't think about that, do you? Anyway, so this small community and this tiny, tiny shelter, they're now gathering resources to rebuild and restock, restock whatever they lost. And they said no amount is too small to go towards the funds needed to clean, restock, and their medical supplies, food, litter, bedding, and more. And um, they have a wish list, an Amazon wish list. So I'm going to put that up there. But the person that posted this, her and her sister volunteered. Okay. So she was like, yeah, we went down and we volunteered and we, we helped. So I, I, that is, to me, it's just great community coming together for animals in need. Just a great story. Very sad that they lost a little puppy, though. Very sad. Uh, let's go on to this. One. Oh, gosh, I've got all kind of like like uh movie references and uh, and character references as far as like animals go today because a woman shares a home with 90 rescue animals that she named after the lord of the rings characters nine <laughs> ninety nine, nine zero nine zero i don't know what it is whenever oh, i say whenever i say 30 or 90 people think i'm saying 13 and 19 I just know that's a lot. <laughs> nine T, nine zero. So, Holy this lady, God. of course, is an avid animal lover, which <laughs> you would have to be, but she shares a home with 90 different rescue pets, and all of them are named after Lord of the Rings characters. Are there that many? Are there that many? I, there must be, obviously. Anyway, her name is um, Adri or Adri Rochelle. 
and she's got a, a, men- a menagerie of uh, of animals. She's even got uh, <laughs> this is funny. Bilbo Baggins the mule. She's got Gandal- Gan- Gandalf the goat. Frodo. I was waiting for Frodo. You love Frodo because we use Frodo a lot in reference to Jim's feet. By the way, uh, Frodo Thanks. the spaniel and two cats named Boromir and Faramir. But she's thirty-one years old and she's actually a dog sitter. She's uh, in Georgia and um, she says she's she's rapidly running out of Middle Earth names. <laughs> you can't. Ha- she can't have a job in ninety animals. That's her job. She's a dog. Oh, she just. Yeah, she probably. Probably pets she has 90 of her own, and then more. Yeah, she says she's always loved animals. I don't think anyone is surprised that I'm living like this, she said. When I was a kid, my room was full of stuffed animals because she couldn't get the real ones, so she substituted. Uh, they do all have names, and 80% of them are named after Lord of the Rings. And uh, she says she's a fan, of course. She's a, uh, she's a big fan of Tol- Tolkien, and she's a little obsessed with the books and the films. Technically, we haven't run out of Lord of Rings names, but I really have to to search for them now. So she's she's gone into probably people who had walk-on parts. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what she's got. She's got 22 rescue pigs, 12 dogs, 8 chickens, 6 cats, 4 parrots, 4 horses, 4 peacocks, 4 rats, 3 hairless guinea pigs, 2 goats, 2 ducks, 2 cockatoos, 2 cows, 2 mini cows. What's a mini cow? Two alpacas, two ferrets, two geckos, one tegu lizard, one bearded dragon lizard, a mule, a hamster, a rabbit, a tortoise, and a python. She's got it all going on. I bet I bet it is quite fun, though, to name them because she's got a lot of variety in animals. I bet she matches their characters up with their name. I love that. But I love that she made um, Gandalf the goat because <laughs> he's got that beard yeah <laughs> anyway what she's done is <laughs> this is hilarious she has constructed a special 10 foot wide bed so that at least four of her animals can pile in with her at night and she says without fail the pigs will join me in bed and usually dogs and cats will come in too and she's set up tree branches in the headboard oh my gosh i'm looking at the picture it's amazing she's set up tree branches in the headboard so the birds can sleep near her too she says, I've taken naps with my rats, rats before as well. I think it's, oh, she's fat. She's dedicated, this girl, I'm telling you. She says, even though I built a bigger bed, they all sleep on top of me. Well, of course they do. And uh, she moved into a farmhouse. That's what she did. So she's got property, and that was back in 2015. And, of course, she needed the extra space. And she said her critter companions cost her a whopping $10,000 a year in veterinary bills and food. I do not think that's that Bad for 90 animals, do you? I just can't imagine living with 90 animals. She's got the space, though. I still don't have my head around that. You've got, but you've got the space. I mean, it's basically, it's basically a sanctuary. It's like an animal farm. She's on a farm. Animal farm. <laughs> anyway, a critter companions, it cost her 10000 which we just spent 700 the other day. <laughs> We've got two dogs. That's for one dog. So she must have a great vet. That's all I'm saying. I want to know who her vet is. But she, you know, of course, she's got to feed them. So it's frozen mice for a snake and roaches and crickets and superworms for the reptiles. And uh, she says she's got a feeding routine down to 40 minutes a day. And cleaning cages and closures takes another half an hour. 
she she's efficient she's efficient she says i like to make sure everyone is settled in and then i'll feed the dogs their breakfast and i'll feed myself she says if i'm lucky and i give the rest of the animals breakfast around 10 they get fresh fruits and vegetables hay and pellets for the horses and all the pigs get bananas and she says i I can go through and spot clean all the cages and enclosures in half an hour she says, i just put on a podcast and i do it and um, she said she's also spent a good 10,000 on animal proofing, a 11,000 square foot guest house. 11,000 square foot guest house? Excuse me. Hold on a second Excuse now. Excuse me. The guest house is 11,000 <laughs> That's what I'm reading, yes. So that her pigs, dogs, and guinea pigs could live inside. Do you know, I want to be her friend. That's a far, that is a barn there. It's a proper, yeah. It says the birds like to chew everything, so we took out all of the molding and the baseboards and the carpets and childproof all the cabinets. And Yeah, we know about the cabinets, and now they can fly free and not be locked in cages. Oh, I'm, I, you know what? I hope she has a website, so I need to find out where she is. But she even rigged the home with cameras so she can always keep an eye on them if she's not at home. And she said uh, she has to credit her parents, Larry Jacobs, who's a retired natural resources specialist, and her mom, Cynthia, who's a retired nurse, who have, you know showed her how to be this animal-loving person, this great nature that she's got. She says, my dad would go out every year to count endangered species like bald eagles, frogs, and snakes, and my mom would constantly taking in stray animals like baby birds, kittens, and dogs. She said we raised chickens, rabbits, and ducks growing up. She's probably about 20 animals. So, I mean, this is this is not a, hey, I'm going to jump in two feet with 90 animals. I mean, this is... She's an is, animal husbandry expert. She's though. been around them a whole life, starting with the cuddly toys. But she said 10 years ago, she started taking in rescue pigs, and that's where it started to grow. And her family sometimes wishes she would focus on herself instead of her many pets. But she said she just doesn't want to be doing anything else with her time or her money other than looking after these animals. And she says, I ended up with lots of these animals because other people had taken them in and just didn't want them. And she said, lots of them arrived in just really poor condition. And she's, people say she's an animal hoarder. But there are people who have failed at having just one animal. Here I am with other people's animals all around me and I'm doing a great job. Mm. People are rude. <laughs> Don't be rude. This is a good story. And she's got the space and the experience. Wow. And the money. That's amazing. So... An 11,000 square foot guest house. Yeah. Hoarding is a very strong word to use with someone who's actually taking care of animals. Who has that much space. And hoarding is a very... Yeah. It's a very defined, you know, what what's going on. You know, there's no space. They're, they're not taken care of. Um, they just keep taking more in when they can't take care of them. They don't have the finances. They don't have the food. They can't keep them clean. Yeah, a bit of an insult. I would have been quite upset about that. Yeah, anyway, hoarding implies lack of care. It does. It absolutely does. So huh, we're going to push that to one side because I think she's doing a great job. And um, she says uh, she she absolutely does adore a zoological lifestyle. She admits it's not it's not for everyone, and it's not. I mean, that's a full, that's a life commitment, isn't it? And she's I think for a normal person, it would be a lot of work, a lot of noise and <laughs> cleaning. Just bit, for me, it's almost therapeutic. She gets so much satisfaction from caring for her animals. And she says, out of 90, only five of them weren't adoptable, weren't adopted. I'm able to provide unwanted animals with a home. And this is a little piece of paradise. So she, um, she has a YouTube channel. Yay. Adri or Audrey Rochelle. A-D-R-I. Audrey Rochelle. Adri. Adri. And I've never heard of that name. Is it Greek? I think it's, I don't know. It sounds made up. She's applying for, for a non-profit. 
with the hopes of turning her home into a true sanctuary. And that always helps when you become a nonprofit because um, before Rocking for Rescue was a nonprofit, we were raising money all the time. But when you're reaching out for donations, often they don't want to work with you if you're not a nonprofit. And that's fair enough, you know. Maybe it's short for Adrian. Maybe, yeah. And then it's, you know, it, 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 it does limit you Although I don't think we were really that limited because we just got so many people on board. And then we became a 501c3. And, um, you know, so I think that's great that she's doing that because then she can take donations and uh, and she'll be able to help more animals. I love it. That's another good news story. Now, how many more? There were so many. I mean, honestly, I could have put a thousand stories <laughs> into, into this show today. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, here we go. This is probably my last one, I think, Jim. Well, you got plenty of time. I think it's my last one. Okay. Because how many have I done? Like six stories up to I now? I think so. Well, how much time do I have? You got about 20 minutes. Oh, maybe you can find me some more stories while you're at it. Yeah? Yeah, I don't have my uh, device. I have to go get it. It's here. I took it away from you because, yeah. because I yeah. did. Okay. <laughs> so here we go. Dozens of creatures thought to be extinct are found alive in a lost city in the jungle. I can't imagine. Oh, I do have one good uh, story. Would you want to do yours before mine? Sure. Go on. The recent earthquake in uh, Ridgecrest, California that affected all of the Southwest had a very tremendous effect in Death Valley at a very, very... uh, important ecological place, a, a cavern where the pupfish, the very rare desert pupfish live. Yeah. And there's camera footage because they have a camera in this area where these pupfish are located. Yeah. The water sloshed up and down the walls during the earthquake shaking, and they were worried. There was about 100 pupfish, which are very rare and very huh. fragile environmental fish here in the southwest and they were concerned that there was going to be a problem and loss of almost all of them and they're they're virtually on the edge of extinction <gasps> and uh they had cameras and and uh, they checked that area after the earthquakes and it turns out all of the pupfish survived that is good news so yeah i did have a good because when they're story. endangered I mean, you, I mean, they do it, have to and be. You protected. see this water. Is it crazy? This video. It's in a crevice in the desert out of Death Valley. No way. And the water just went berserk from the earthquake. Yeah. Well, it, well, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. You know, you're in water. You live in water, and that whole thing's not sloshing around. Oh, well, that's really good news because. You they know, live in that like geothermal water, you know, that comes up out of the southwest here. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, they live in, in the pupfish. You know, we have pupfish out here somewhere, too. We I do? Think. Out in the Virgin River, I think they're existing. Huh. Virgin River down in Laughlin? No, the Virgin... Well, no, that's not the Virgin River. That's the Colorado River. Oh, okay. Virgin River's up in uh, Mesquite. Oh, Mesquite area. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'll have, to, I'll have to look at that video. Yeah, the pupfish in the earthquake. Are they big fish? No, they're little. Oh. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Let's move on to this one then, because it goes right into, you know, goes hand in hand with this one because it's about finding animals that are ex- they thought were extinct. 
Uh, a SWAT team of scientists traveled to a lost city buried deep within the jungles of Honduras, and they were stunned by the sheer amount of biodiversity that they found. So this this started in 2017, and um, these researchers were from the Conservation International, and they conducted this three-week research expedition following d- the discovery of ancient ruins at a site deep within the Mosquitia, 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 Mosquitia rainforest. <laughs> Pick your pronunciation on that one. But it's known as the lost city of the monkey god or the white city. So this is in Honduras. Now, since the rainforest remains one of the most unexplored areas of Central America, they just hoped they were going to shine a light on the ecological state of the regions. This is what they were going out for. Now, the organization and organization did finally publish a report of their findings, and it detailed how this ancient settlement is encompassed by a pristine, thriving ecosystem. They said it was teeming with rare and unique species, including new ones, and ones that they thought were extinct. Can you imagine being that person? You know, this whole team goes out there, you're going for one job, and then all of a sudden you go, whoa, what the heck? And oh, I've never seen that before, and I thought that was gone. That's amazing. So in total, this team, they documented 198 species of birds, 94 butterflies, 40 small mammals, uh, 56 amphibians and reptiles, 30 large mammals, these were, oh my gosh, pumas, ocelots, and jaguars, and a variety of plants, fish, rodents, and insects. Whoa, that's more than, it's more than dozens. <laughs> it's a couple of hundred. Well, it's more than that, isn't it? Let's have a look. Um, something like 300. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine coming across that. I bet they were losing their tiny little minds and jumping up and just, oh, so excited. But here we go. Some of these more notable finds included a tiger beetle, which had only ever been recorded in Nicaragua and was believed to be extinct, and the false tree coral snake, which had not been reported in Honduras since 1965. They're poisonous coral snakes. Are they? 1965, yeah. 54 years ago. They're related to the cobra. I didn't know that. Coral snakes, yes. So they said that team of scientists were just shocked at this discovery because it was just so rich in biodiversity and all these rare and, you know, they said threatened species. Now, the director is Trond Larson. He's the director of Conservation International's Rapid Assessment Program. Uh, I hope we've got an acronym for that. And the White City is one of the few areas remaining in Central America where ecological and evolutionary processes remain intact. Said overall, our findings demonstrate that the area is of global environmental as well as archaeological significance. Armed with this knowledge, stakeholders can now begin to design and implement conservation strategies to protect this critical ecosystem. So they've obviously got a lot more research to do and find out why it is, you know, that they're all thriving in that area. Uh, They hope that their findings will help to implement additional conservation measures that will help to protect the region from deforestation, which we know is not a good thing. So isn't that amazing? You know, I'd love to do something like that. Go on a on a, an expedition, Jim. Where to? I don't know. I'll go there. Go meet all these these new species. I was just like Dougal just then. Where to, Ted? <laughs> He's referring to Father Ted, the show Father Ted. Why do you want to do that, Ted? <laughs> it's such a good show. We watched it. We watched it today. It was really fun. Um, 
yeah, wow, such great news, such great news. So as I say, you know what, we turn on the news generally and we go, eh, and we zone out because it's just too much. But there are there is a lot of good news around the world, particularly when it comes to animals. Jim, you got any more stories? Um, is that, were, you, were, you, were you searching for them or going down a rabbit hole? No, I was. Hang on. <laughs> uh, let's see. But I mean, I'm around good stories often because I work with so many rescues. I mean, the stories don't always start off happy, but uh, I do know that once animals end up in rescue, that their lives do change. And oh, I tell you something, I do have a little catch up. You remember I told you about the little uh, Galgos dog in Spain at the Galgos del Sol uh, rescue? A little crumpet was found, two broken legs, front legs. And this week, she went to a new home in the States. I think it's, I think she moved to New York. So, you know, again, I see these stories come in, you know, they're not, they're not the happiest when they come in, but I do know, oh my gosh, they're in the right place. That's the minute their lives start to improve. And I mean, is it any better than moving to New York City? <laughs> I got another, here's a good story. <laughs> you can't go wrong, can you? This is one of the top stories that came up. It's about a, it's about a morning drive. Kitty was the unwitting passenger in a wild ride that ended in a rescue. Oh, what happened? Nine-week-old kitten found her way into the subframe of a 2000 Honda Accord in Lexington, Kentucky oh. and became trapped in one of the holes. Oh, my gosh. Unnoticed by the owner at first, she was carried hidden in the car from Lexington to Frankfurt where she was discovered still stuck. How long was that, do you know? Did they uh, say? Not sure. When the man stopped for lunch on his way home, the trapped kitten was spotted out the window by the manager of a Hardy's drive-thru. <laughs> A concerned worker jumped into action, contacting local firefighters and the nearby Midas Auto Shop for help to free the feline. Oh, my gosh. A Midas mechanic posted photos and wrote on Facebook, After an hour of rear subframe removal, (laughs) a Lexington fireman, my lead tech, and myself, with some soap, sweat, and prayers, were able to extract the kitten from the clutches of the rear subframe. Oh. (laughs) Tired and frightened, kitten appeared to be all right. They took it to the vet, clean bill of health. Uh... Wow, the Midas workers named her Marigold after the fictional daughter of King Midas in Nathaniel <laughs> Hawthorne's The Tale of King Midas and the Golden Touch. <laughs> you see? Marigold is now starting her new life with an adopted family. And that'll be her last car ride for a while. <laughs> she was literally stuck in the subframe of the car underneath. She could have been terribly, terribly injured. Well, you know what, what it is, is they, they tell where, you know, if it's warm, you've been in your car and, you know, they will, they'll climb up on the tires and they'll get inside. And it's one of those things where, you know, if you do live in one of those really cold climates and cats tend to do this, you need to beep your horn to make sure there's no cats underneath. But wow, what a good story in the end. What was the name again? What did the name? Marigold. (laughs) I think that's great. I think that's fantastic. Now, if you always want to get a daily dose of of cuteness that just makes you happy is, um, you know, what you can do is run over to Instagram. And of course, there's some fantastic um, animals, pets that have their own Instagram accounts. And I'm going to name a few of them. Uh, Jif Palm is a good one. And we, of course, Pomeranian, adorable, beyond cute. Doug the Pug, who I'm very familiar with. Uh, who else is on this list? Grumpy Cat. Well, well, Grumpy Cat, as you know, passed away, but they're still doing a lot of good for animals. And, um, you know, Grumpy Cat's legacy is going to, to continue on. So definitely follow that account. And um, Marnie the Dog, uh, who's 17. Amazing, amazing. And... Um, 
June, my favorite, my favorite right now is Juniper the Fox. Oh, I can't even, I can't even tell you how adorable Juniper the Fox is. And, and she's, you know, she's got a book and it's called, uh, it actually is a boy. Is it a boy? Juniper. That seems like a girl's name to me, but it's there. But boy or girl, the happiest fox that you'll ever see. And again, rescued. Oh, when, honestly, you get on that, get on that count you'll not believe it it's juniper fox with two x's at the end then you've got pumpkin the raccoon who loves blueberries by the way jill the squirrel <laughs> i can't even tell you how much i love that the name the name of that that, that account of course lots of people know little bub it's a cat with a very very unique little face big big eyes really wide and then you've got reagan the doodle and I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention our friend Odie's Eyes, Odie's account, Odie's Eyes. And also, oh, what's Missy's, Missy's crew called? Oh, hang on. Missy's got a great, a great Instagram profile of her dogs. Let me find out. They're called the Something Crew. Oh, let's see if I can remember it. But yeah, if you want a daily dose of um, cuteness, then definitely follow some of those accounts. Isn't it funny because, I don't know, years ago, you wouldn't have even thought of giving your pet its own profile. <laughs> but it's such it's such the norm now. It's so normal to do that. But yeah, if you want a little daily dose of happiness, then definitely run on over to Instagram and follow some of those accounts. Let me see if I can find... Oh, why can't I find the account of missy here we go the fluff it's not the it's fluff dog crew oh it's called bijou the zoo and fluff crew and oh my gosh if you want to watch cute adorable shih tzus and um uh, missy who runs the the profile for her dogs she's a huge fan of 80s music huge and she ties that all into all of her posts with her dogs it's very very clever we we interviewed both her and alicia last year on um on the show when we did um we did a uh, we videoed the show actually because it was for super zoo and it's up on youtube and i'll, I'll probably link that out because that was fun as well because you know they're they are pretty big important uh, social media influencers with their pets and uh, i think missy's at like 60 yeah, sixty thousand followers so they're popular for a reason but they will make you smile you got any more stories jim there was um a couple that i looked at but i don't i think you hit all the good ones i don't want to be anticlimactic with <laughs> there's, a, there's actually a, a site that i looked at that had all positive pet stories i i, I like it that you can just seriously just go into you know get on the internet well go into any of these social media channels and just you know search some hashtags you know happy dog stories or there's this one we have a couple of minutes fun left pet tonight. stories okay. those kind of things and you know look for good stuff i think it's always nice to be able to uh, know that the good stuff is out oh, there here's here's top 10 happy pet stories from our friends over at best friends from a couple of years ago oh yeah so this isn't current events but let me see this a little bit slow on my interwebs coming up. But you know, when you think about it, what 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 is there not to smile about when it comes to animals? <laughs> I mean, they just they just make you smile. I love the donkey sanctuary that they've got. They've got quite a few of them back home in England, and that's 
really sweet there's some sweet rescues out there but they know how to make it fun and give you the happy stories and uh, uh, yeah I've, I've just got to the point now where I'm just like you know what I just only want to read about happy stuff <laughs> that's all that's all I'm really interested in right now not interested in anything else but good news and that's why I wanted to do this show because I think everybody needs a good old dose of that oh actually talking of good news good friend of mine Erin we call her the bunny lady she's doing a pretty big fundraiser August the 2nd here in Las Vegas and it's the 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 bun fundraiser and it's $35 a ticket and you get a three course meal there are four entrees to choose from that includes non-alcoholic drinks. You'll get a little swag bag. You'll get, I think you get a couple of uh, raffle tickets thrown in there as well. And she's holding uh, a, uh, a big, big raffle with some really nice stuff. Oh, my gosh. Not just rabbit stuff because, I mean, uh, not everybody's, uh, you know, not everybody is into rabbits, but they're into helping animals. Do you know what I mean? You might get your dog people who say, I'll go because I want to support what she's doing. It's great. But they may not have rabbits themselves, you know. So uh, I'm going to make sure that we've got a couple of baskets in there for her that are, you know, dog and cat related. And that's coming up. And you'll be able to find that on my radio show page on on Facebook. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. That's, I think this is probably going to be the biggest event that she's done to date for for animals for for bunnies and we've got a big problem here with people dumping rabbits so she's out there all all manner of of hours trust me feeding them does a wonderful job at getting them adopted out get them fixed up because these aren't um these aren't feral rabbits these are domesticated rabbits that people have dumped out there so um she brings a, a lot of good news with all the bunny adoptions that she does but this event's going to be great so i'm very excited about that and then I think that's it, Jim, unless you've got one more for me. No, there's nothing as good as what you've already done. I'm scrolling through a few yeah, places. Yeah, so we covered up. how you can get involved to help wildlife. And that's if you're in the UK. And I'll, I say I'll link everything out all the way through. And then we've got Batman. <laughs> Batman and Robin saving animals now turned into a charity. We've got the... Uh, the, the dog that we're going to call a tea leaf thief, that's a little cockney rhyming slang. The, thie, the tea leaf dog <laughs> stole a book on abandonment and then got scooped up and is going to end up with a home. That's another great story. Uh, <laughs> a funny one too. Uh, the guy that uh, is helping animals, you know, move. You know, giving them a new lease on life, having helped over 20,000 of them. And then... The little town that all pulled together after the recent tropical uh, depression um, called Barry, uh, where the the actual rescue needed help. So they've uh, that was a really great story. And then of course the lady who I cannot wait to read more about her with her ninety animals. <laughs> I think that's brilliant uh, as she names them after all the characters in uh, Lord of the Rings. And uh, what else have we covered? Um, oh yeah, I'm finding all the extinct animals and brand new species never been seen before in Honduras. I think that's a I think it's a good show, Jim. A good old dose of good news. Yeah, and you got to remind everybody about the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, and to keep your eye on television and watch out for space. There you go. <laughs> it's been quite the month, hasn't it? Celebrating all of that, we've enjoyed it. I must admit. 
All right, then. That's it, my friends. If you've enjoyed the show and you've liked the show, um, please share it with your family and friends. It's dead easy to share it on social media, whether you're listening through an app or whether you're actually listening through the website, which is easily done. We'd so appreciate it. And remember, you can always help animals in need. Either rescue, adopt, donate, volunteer or share their information and rescue your next family member. Replace the word shop with adopt and, of course, be kind to all animals. Uh, thank you, Jim, for, of course, researching some stories <laughs> at the very, very end there. And to my dogs for just being, well, just really cute, actually. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you listen in today. Um, take a moment, if you can, to follow us on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to post pics of your pets because, you know, we like to see the cute faces. They make us happy. And today's show is all about good news and being happy. Again, thank you, Jim. Really appreciate it. And today, you've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio, where it's all about pets, people, and pop culture. I'm your host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. And always kiss your pets. Good morning and good night. And I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. You've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. Visit Vegas Rock Dog Radio for more information. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe on iTunes and iHeartRadio. And remember, give your fur babies a big kiss from me, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. You must not rely on the information in this broadcast from our host as an alternative to medical advice from your veterinarian. If you have any specific questions about a medical matter regarding your pets, you should consult your veterinarian or specialist. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.